And we're off again. It wasn't too long ago. I had started a podcast and I maybe jumped the gun and moved a little bit too quick before I was ready to really commit to the concept of creating a podcast with information that people would want to listen to. <clears throat> so I'm going to try this again. So I'm going to give myself a, a small introduction. My name's Michael Sullivan. I've, I've managed to accomplish a few things in life. One of which is still going right now is the Fusebox Mixed Martial Arts Facility in Westminster, Colorado. Started up years and years ago, really out of almost desperate necessity, I had owned a a moving company prior to that called O'Sullivan Moving and Storage. It was a part of a company, larger umbrella company called SPP Global. And we we did pretty good. We we had built that thing from the ground up, my wife and I at the time, from uh, the back of a pickup truck, and we grew it, grew it, and it became a monster. And I, I started having heart problems, and 9-11 hit, tore us down, and I thought, I, I don't want to live in hell again by owning this massive company, or massive for me anyways, owning this massive company. So I... Uh, I said, I'm going to start a martial arts school. You know, I've, I've always wanted to do that. I've been doing the martial arts since I was small. I um, started wrestling in 1973. And I, I just thought it's it's time to do something I'm passionate about. And I, on a lot of levels, the martial art world has been really good to me. But on some levels, I could say that it, it turned my heaven into my hell. And uh, owning a school... It, you know, you just you you can't even tell until you uh, until you own a school. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Probably it's it seems like this dream job. Oh my God, martial arts instructor, perfect. I don't even have to hardly work. And it, I mean, it's so much it's so much work to make it uh, successful. You can make it sustained with very little work, but uh, successful is a an entirely different monster. So that you don't grow old without a retirement, for example. So. I currently own Fusebox. We kind of specialize primarily in Russian Sambo and karate. And the karate I call Kushido because I really don't want to be affiliated with anybody. And I just want to teach a good form of karate without any of the politics. And Kushido was a, a good name that came close to the concept of what Kudo is doing and Bushido, which is a great samurai code. Uh, so that's kind of what I went with. And so this short introduction is just me explaining who I am and why I would have a podcast. <clears throat> and maybe I have something interesting to say, something that could help people out, but I'm going to focus a lot on kind of all things man-related and with male needs and male development and uh, uh, we're going to address this stuff on a on a day by or a uh, date by date basis and one of the first things that I'm going to kick off with right now is that the other company that I own is a 
is a construction company and kind of primarily focus in woodworking. Um, they build everything from bathroom vanities to um, Murphy beds, tables, furniture. I'm not the biggest fan of doing things like framing. <clears throat> you, It's hard to keep up with people that specialize in that. Uh, so this is what I specialize in. And going to be taking a slight turn into boat building here pretty soon because I, because I want to. I want to build a boat. I want to build boats for people, canoes. So I'm going to give a, I'm going to give it a try. And I, I think that's a lot of what you do in business is you just, you just give it a try. You just give it a go, and you see what happens. So, as far as the man topic goes, I guess tonight I don't have a guest pretty late looking at the clock it's 10 18 saturday night i i want to communicate with men on a pretty deep and meaningful base the there's a couple things that concern me that are happening in the world the high level of suicide and dysfunction that's occurring inside of the male population to me is considerably troubling and I, I don't come across many people that think it's okay so here's where I'm going to go with a little bit of education with a little bit of understanding that as a man you're not alone in the world maybe we can make things just a little bit easier and with some guidance from somebody older, maybe somebody that's been through a little bit more over a longer period of time. We can help people, young men of all ages, have hope and try to find that thing in life that gives them passion. Bring on some people on the show that can help people understand how to create a functional, secure as can be future. I don't think I have all the the best ideas and I certainly don't think I have all the answers but I do know that if one doesn't try there's no hope so I'm kind of a try guy and if you don't know what that means it means that just like the boat building tell you right now as of this moment I don't really know how to make a boat but I understand wood and that took a long time. And I'm, and I'm skilled with it. I'm hesitant to call myself a master at anything. But I'm skilled. And I'm interested in being a perfectionist. <clears throat> I make mistakes. Uh, quite a few. And, and, I still, and I still go. And I find a lot of people quit when they start making mistakes but unfortunately <laughs> I think it's unfortunately for me I, I don't and maybe maybe life would have been easier if I did but uh, I, I don't and so I'm going to try to make a boat and I'm assuming that the first couple of boats I make are going to be amazing indoor fake boats that just look good in somebody's log cabin the making the functional floating boats that 
You know, that's going to take a while. That's going to take some, that's going to take some experience. That's going to take a little bit of education, some experience. Maybe I'll do something crazy like build a Viking boat one day and try to sail back over to Norway and make it or die one day. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just going to try. So the disturbing trends that I've been seeing in the male population is one of them suicide. The amount of people that want to die, percentage of their day, the amount of people that actually do pull it off is, is pretty disturbing. It's, it's much higher in men than it is women. China recently, not too in the distant past, had a much higher female suicide popul- um, percentages in their female population, but they, that's, that's trended downward now. And that's, that's great. But in our male population, 40 and above, bad news. Bad news, man. They're, they're killing themselves. Incredibly high numbers. A lot of it has to do with the way family court systems run. A lot of it has to do with the way men perceive success. A lot of it has to do with the way that there's... Uh, it, it's hard to have hope sometimes. So young men... With, I mean, here, here's one. Erectile dysfunction in people in their 20s. When I, when I heard that, I was like, What? <clears throat> Turns out it's largely porn usage. <laughs> Who knew? And and it's related directly to when you started looking at porn and when high speed internet was available to you at that time. So men my age don't really face that. But men in their twenties and thirties do. So we're gonna kind of touch on a lot of this a lot of this stuff, everything from psilocybin mushrooms, which I am supportive of becoming decriminalized. Um, other drug use to uh, meaning of life, to MMA, to sports, to... We're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to really try to uh, create an interesting podcast here. And I'm going to link up and I'm going to kind of do this conversation. And at some point I'm going to put it on to uh, YouTube Live, maybe a couple other media uh, platforms and, and we're going to kind of see where I can go see what we can do see what kind of good good shit that we can create for men out there everywhere so first and foremost I'm, I'm not going to drag this one on very long I'm going to I'm going to have you guys I'm going to leave you a little bit of, of advice Men and women are really mostly different due to physicality. I really believe that. That means that if I'm in the forest with a woman, she can understand assembling a log cabin just as well as I do. She can't pick up as heavy of a log as I can usually. So... Our difference is I can pick up heavier shit. This is where our behavior and our performance differences come from. If you're living the life of a woman in a village, that means you go to work 
you do a job that doesn't require heavy lifting and then you go home and you do nurturing home things which is good for men to do i think i think men need to be good fathers and you don't go to the gym or you don't climb mountains or you don't do any kind of adventure you don't go hunting you don't get into a club and box or fight or, or do something of that nature I think you're going to be building up and you're headed for trouble. Because you're not using the thing that is different. My first podcast I'm going to make, I'm going to try to remember this. I want to make it on our men holding up to their end of the deal. This was, this was brought up to me the other day. Somebody said we had a sermon. At my church, I think you would have liked it. And I said, I doubt it. And they said, you want to read it? And they said, no. Give me the abbreviated version. Okay? Men aren't holding up to their end of the deal. They're not being the men they're supposed to be. And I said, oh, yeah? What's that? And they said, leaders. They're not being the leaders they're supposed to be. Leaders of what? It's all done, man. The whole place is built. Roads are built. There, there's almost no nature left. Everything's owned by the federal government or private property or state. There's no more real adventure. There's no, there's no tigers roaming the prairie. We, we killed them all. There's no, there's no bears. There, there's nothing. It's all done. The, the whole country is a village and women are designed to function inside of a village. Men are designed to hunt largely until recently. See, this is where we're going to talk. From my understanding, testosterone in men has dropped over 30% since 1985 or three. 30%, that's, that's a lot. That's a massive change. So there's seems to be some sense of evolution in play. So we'll get into that a little deeper. Personally, I don't know what men are supposed to be. So the act of Vikingism that we're going to talk about, about becoming a Viking, is really ceremony. In our culture, we don't have a lot of ceremony. Here's one that we do have. Buy a house that you probably shouldn't buy in a neighborhood that you probably really don't like next to people you probably don't know and don't care for. And go to a job in a car that you settled on because they're all pieces, they're all appliances now. All cars are appliances. That'll be, a, that'll be another show. We, uh, we go to jobs that we wouldn't have chosen as adventurous children. That if we could quit, we would do it the instant we got the opportunity, if we could. That's our ceremony. Man, that's our ceremony. And that's, that's unsustainable. We're, we're little more than indentured servants that produce money for the government to function so 
it can force us to produce money. And then we do the same thing to ourselves. So the Vikingism that I lead is really a ceremony outside of the traditional everyday ceremonies that people do. So we have something that we're going to host called the Viking Alting. And the Alting is, it can be pronounced in English, all thing. It is the all thing, man. It's going to be a bit of a break, soulless break for men from the typical reality. We're going to get up, we're going to throw axes, we're going to throw logs, we're going to throw stones. I'm going to show you how to hew wood, I'm going to show you how to stack a cabin. We're going to turn wood into planks with nothing but an axe shims, mallets. I'm going to teach you how the Vikings did this. So you can feel what it's like to take something from its raw form and turn it into something that we as a, as a man, as a human being, would recognize as valuable in a sense of usefulness in our, in our life. We're missing that. All men and women, they arrive at the same car dealership to buy that same appliance car. There needs to be a a slight separation. In order for men to improve, we have got to stop living like women. That's where I hope to come in. So what I'm going to ask you to do is start creating a schedule of or a ceremony, a ritual of health and fitness. So weightlifting and just becoming big and strong for, for no other sake of being big and strong is okay. But it's very temporary. And my idea, just like the Vikings, being big and strong was was important, but if you're not skilled in battle, you're going to fall, brother. Because you're not going to know what you don't know until it's too late. So let's wake up a little bit. Let's get in. Start training. If you don't, if you live around my gym, I'd love to see you. Fusebox Mixed Martial Arts or Fusebox Samba 1 now is what it's called in Westminster, Colorado. Love to see you in there. If you don't live close enough, get to a gym. I can't tell you where to go. If you contact me, I'd be happy to talk to you about my opinions and where you to go, where you should go, um, but I'm not going to tell you where to go. Don't get caught up in psychosis of the martial arts where it becomes the the only focus of your life there's got to be bigger things your family definitely important you got to keep them in front your work is important it should be spiritual work if you're not doing spiritual work i need you to get lined up figure out how you can get to a place where you're doing spiritual work what moves you what makes you passionate you only have one life dude don't waste it 
always growing. So as a man, you should always be looking at ways to grow. Here's, here's this new ritual that I'm, that I'm talking to you about. Time you get up in the morning. Is it the proper time? Does it need to be earlier? Does it need to be later? Are you doing the things to take care of your health dietarily? Physically? Stretching? Do you have skills? If you have, like everybody in their dog trains jiu-jitsu now. It's not, it's not enough. You don't need to spend more time. But jiu-jitsu was turned into a sport. Can you swing an axe? Here's, here's my view. There's guys that beat on tires with hammers. Great. But that's a lot of wasted energy. You could actually produce a product with that. Even if it's just your product and a skill. You use that same energy to turn logs into planks. You can build things around your house. You can build furniture. You do cool stuff for your wife or your girlfriend. You can do it for your friends and your family. You, you can do amazing things with your hands. You get the same results as you can beating that tire. Side effects being muscle. So that's just an idea. Get combat ready for something. Expand your mind. Keep track of what you're thinking on a daily basis. Are you growing or are you dying? Because those are your choices, man. If you think it's hard when you're young, wait till you get old. Same exact challenges except you're exhausted because you're old. And you can see the end of the tunnel and you don't know if it's going to work and it's draining. So do this when you're young. Find a way to get passionate about life. Can you do that for me? Can you find a way to look at yourself in the mirror and get excited to take a new step, a new adventure? You know what we're going to do? We're going to step out here pretty soon with a group of guys and we're going to go do our little personal Viking all thing. But see, we do the Viking all thing different than they do over in Europe because we're not European anymore. We're a mix over here. And you know what we're going to do? We're mixing it up with the American Indians. So we're going to build our own little sweat lodge. We're going to go out. We're going to set up our teepees. We're going to do our Viking alting. And we're going to set up our sweat lodge. We're going to get in there. And we're going to hash out the bullshit that's been fucking with us inside of our own head. Inside of our own lives. Inside of our own marriages. And our relationships. And our work schedules. And our driving to work. And our commute and are living inside of a village where you just go from store to store just buying shit until you die. We're going to come up with ways to improve upon this life. Ways to, inf- to find adventure. And ways to live outside of the norm. So you know what? If this is something that you're interested in, I'm interested in hearing from you. This is the Introduction Podcast. Of the Viking in Valhalla. I'm probably going to make a couple more of these. I have a tendency just to fire from the hip. If you guys can bear with me, we're going to make this show and we're going to make it work. If you were with me at first when I made my first podcast, thank you. If you're still around, I super appreciate it, man. Love you guys. I'm going to set this thing up. I'm going to let you go. Hopefully, when I come back, we can start getting on the line with each other and trying to figure out 
Are we living a life that we should be living? Or are we just existing a life that we're told to exist? All things Viking, all things man-related, this is Viking Valhalla signing out for my initial podcast and introduction. Have a good night. All right, here we go. We're going on episode number two with Viking and Valhalla Project. Episode number two. This is a milestone for me because I almost got this nailed on Monday, and I didn't. It's Tuesday. So I'm going to be working myself a little bit closer and closer as time goes by to getting these things. um, Maybe one out uh, right now for Mondays to kind of start the week off. And then I'm thinking of putting another one out. On, sometimes on the weekend, especially if we can get up into the mountains and into the desert, which I'm really fond of the desert, and host a show there while at the same time hosting a Viking Alting. And if you don't know what a Viking Alting is, it is a gathering of Viking-minded people. And we're going to talk about that today on what that means to be Viking-minded in today's society. Obviously, what once was a Viking wouldn't work today. There's no, there's no more pillaging. Correct. That's, that's not a concept. I think we've out evolved that. So what I want to carry on is, for example, the Viking ships of their day were basically starships. They were above what people understood were possible at the time, and I want to help bring out that genius from the average everyday man to reinstill that asserted power that we should have been born with and we should live with to some level. And I know before some incredibly liberal person jumps on here and decides to start crushing on me because I'm not talking about women's rights. This has nothing to do with women's rights. We all agree they should have the same rights. I'm talking about men's health and men's identity and where they stand in society and in more importantly inside of their own family. This is the thing that I'm interested in. This is my muse, my goal for now. So, The identity of a man, of a Viking man, to me, currently, should be one that is capable of innovation relative to the period of time that he lives in, while possibly at the same time maintaining some sense of tradition to better portions of the days gone by. So, you know, you, I hear this term sometimes, like the greatest generation, Here's my opinion of the greatest generation. I don't know the world that they lived in, and I don't know why they thought things that they thought. But I had conversations before taking off to the army back in 1989, where man in the town I came from said, stay away from those inners, talking about black people. What are, you, what are you talking about? I don't remember his name. I'm going to call him Bill. What are you talking about, Bill? He goes, stay away from the inners. Those inners stink. 
And I'm like, Bill, black people don't stink. He goes, yes, they do. I said, Bill, some of my best friends are black. I said, Bill, you stink. <laughs> then I had to, my grandfather's making me um, move a washer and dryer for him. So I had to carry out my obligation to my grandfather. But that, that ideology of a day gone by from that greatest generation is obsolete. So when we're talking about developing an identity inside of the Viking mentality, think this. Race does not come into this. Black men, brown men, yellow men, white men, it doesn't matter. It's an ideology. It's a group, a tribal effort of an identity to betterment of yourself and your family, your community, and your tribe. That's, that's it. So that's a pretty tall order, even though that's it. Last, uh, last podcast, I didn't have anybody on. And I'm not going to have anybody on today. I might not have anybody on for a couple of episodes. I kind of, I got to weed through and kind of get this, this ship sailing in a, in a proper direction. And if anybody of you, any of you know me, you know talking to me is like talking to a wind chime. And... I don't know why I'm like this, but I am. And uh, I've been equated to like a, <laughs> like a hot chick. And it's, uh, that's the way my brain works. And so I just kind of have to build my world inside of this bell <laughs> that is my brain and, and make it work. That's just, that's just my option. So last time we were on, we talked about... A little bit of the issue of living as a woman. And I want to get into that before people start getting upset. What does it mean to live like a woman? What do you, are, you, are you saying we don't live well? So what I mean is this. I had said before, everything is built. Roads are built. Houses are built. Everything's built. I live in a house built in 1983. I was 13 years old when this thing was erected. Still fine. As long as you don't let water inside of it, it's going to be here for a very long time. So what does it mean to live inside of a woman's world? What I mean by that is almost the whole world is nothing but a village. So I've traveled around the world a lot. And what I found was that the whole planet is basically a mall. And I don't mean to sound, oh man, the world sucks. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's all a mall. Almost everything you get is made in China. Uh, It just... Your furniture is all made at basically the same places. There's very little spirit or spiritual work or effort put into the design or build and anything. Everything's the cheapest. What's the cheapest, best piece of shit that I can buy for the least amount of money that would get me through until I can buy another best piece of shit that I could buy for the least amount of money at a different tax bracket, up or down? And I don't like that model, but that's what the world has really turned into. There's, I've been to some places that, I mean, they, they really had innovative, watched families innovate. Um, Colombian family has a donkey pulling a, 
pickup because the pickup didn't have a motor in it. The guy's sitting in the spot where the motor goes. And, and uh, that's what, how the family traveled, maybe. Uh, it's definitely how they're hauling the goods that they're trying to sell. So the, those, those villages hadn't turned into malls yet. But when I was in Costa Rica back in the 90s, Man, they were in a hurry to industrialize. I mean, everybody wants to become this place that we live in here in America. But there's a price for everything in there. By gaining all these comforts, kind of lose your identity. You lose your value. You don't have to hunt. Another man hunted. You just have to gather. You don't even really have to gather. Another person gathered. You just have to go get. So, to me, there's a lot of value in the struggle and the discomfort that comes with fending for yourself and supplying for yourself. And all these conveniences. And, and I, have to, I have to say, I was out, outside working on uh, connecting a trailer to a truck the other day, you know woman shows up and pulls up and stands in front of me and I'm giving her the WTF look. And she goes, hi, I'm here to deliver some groceries. And I said, who's that lazy? <laughs> and the groceries went to my house. And uh, my daughter just didn't want to pack all the kids into her minivan and drag them all to the store where they can explode in the aisles. So convenience is everywhere. And and I miss, sometimes I miss the hardships of, of life. I'm not talking about the ones that we face now. Almost the biggest threat to mankind in our side of the world right now is the paperwork. Like if you, if you don't fill your taxes outright or something, though, uh, the federal government will kill you, essentially. It'll, certainly if you don't submit to giving them money that you've earned, they'll, they'll take your life away. And uh, so the biggest threat that we really face is paperwork. And everybody's, everybody's scared of guns, but we have almost everybody in the country, everybody in the world that's locked up is locked up here. So we have, we have bigger problems. And there's this identity issue inside of this, this world of convenience and, and hiding truths. So instead of fixing people, we lock them away. Instead of growing our own food, we're we're actually going to pass city and county laws making it illegal to to grow uh, on open acreage and so that that kind of stuff gets in and kind of affects that identity and i'm watching people fall apart i'm watching like i'd mentioned before the male suicide rate just go nuts it's absolutely nuts i don't remember if i brought it up on the last podcast but there's a couple of guys around here in my own neighborhood that have stepped outside and blew their brains out I'm smashing a little bit of Red Bull and I'm not afraid to plug Red Bull because I love the concept of their company and that's actually I want that to be one of the episodes that we're going to have here is that that concept and that growth of the Red Bull label. I mean, they've done they're just amazing on what they've done. And uh I I like what they do and how they how their business model works. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get some people in here real good at business, real good at business. And then we're going to discuss kind of how Red Bull threw this together and how they still dominate the market and uh, who Monster Energy is. You're going to be surprised. 
you Google it, you're going to be surprised. I was shocked to find out that Hanson owns Munster. Hanson Soda. Hail Mary kind of worked out. So good business model, good Viking thinking from both of these companies. There's some of that wind chime shit for you. Anyways, I'm drinking. I don't even know what it is. It is peach nectarine or something like that. Nectarine. Yeah, it's nectarine. The E and the C look the same. All right. Back to it. I'm going to get back to that topic. What does it mean living the life of a woman? Well, it's the village. Men are hunters, right? I mean, they're, is that not in you guys? Chime in and tell me if like, no, man, I just think of doing uh, house stuff. I mean, if you're one of those guys, you're one of those guys. I know they're out there. There must be a need in ancient times for some guy, because of the strength difference, to hang back and uh, defend the village. There must have been that. So I, I don't think that it's... I don't think it's a bad thing. If that's you, good for you. I don't have it. Uh, I was tripping all over the place, so had to take a different approach. And this is where we're this is where we're coming from on this Viking Valhalla project. How do we take a different approach and get men producing at the level of awesomeness that we once produced, but maybe more empathetically and inclusively? What's it mean to live the life? As a man. Fah, that's such a hard question now. Because both men and women need to be focused on what they're doing. So, hey guys, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think what happened was in the women's movement in the 60s and 70s, we want equal rights. Got it. Equal rights. We want to go to work. Okay. Here it is. And I think that they were sold this idea of a career. God, his career is going to be amazing. I mean, how many of you guys have a career? Isn't it fucking great? Love my career. Uh, uh, love it. I just can't wait to get up at five in the morning cook a shitty breakfast if I even eat, brush my teeth, go to the bathroom if I can, if my system's working after eating all this garbage that's legal to eat. Jump in a coffin box appliance type of car that's designed to keep you alive so you can continue to pay taxes. Go to a boxish type of building and produce a product for somebody else and then Go home. Oh, sounds so good. I hope you know I'm being sarcastic. That's not a life for a man or a woman. But here we are. So how do we... How do we create... Here's what I... I was talking to a friend of mine, Adam Johnson. Real successful guy. Wonderful man. Um, I bounce almost everything off of him to find out if what I'm thinking is stupid or not. And he has definitely not thumbed up everything I've said to him. So 
what I came to uh, conclusion on, or what I'm trying to accomplish here, is I think back, and I don't, I don't like it when people think back to their youth in some kind of, oh man, it was much better than what I'm living today. And I want to go back to those times. I don't want to have that kind of sickness in, in what I'm trying to get out as a message here. Because I really think that lamenting the past can be a significant health issue, mental health issue anyways. So let's not create health issues, mental health issues based upon living in the past. So how do we do this? What's it going to mean? Well, what's it going to mean is this. Looking into the past and remembering what is it that you liked about the past. For me, what I loved about the past was my fascination, just an overall amazement with something as basic as nature. It was amazing. I saw a picture today of a fox taking care of her, what do you call him, puppy? And I could... I could almost feel the fog and the moisture and the dew that was in the picture. And that's what I would, that's what drives me. And that's what drives me. What drives you? So, looking back into your past, Instead of saying, I want to go back to 1993. What was it about 1993 that you loved? What specific thing did you love? That's what we got to look for. So that's, that's my belief. So I look back to this, this involvement in nature waking up in the mountains and, and being and being one with just being grounded. It was like a ceremony of being grounded in nature. And I took the advice of people and I grew up and I became a man and I moved into town and I got a job and I started working and I started gathering and I stopped hunting. And then slowly became more and more depressed when all I really did was walk in from one store to the next store inside of a giant mall, buying clothes, groceries. And I never, I kind of lost my footing and being grounded. And, and I see this with men all the time. They've lost context. Then, and here's part of the, the fear that I have with walking backwards in time too much. I'm talking to men my age, um, born in, let's say, 1965 through 75, even, even later, earlier. 
they have no contact with the computer world. I don't do that stuff. Wow. You have to keep up, Viking. You have to keep up on this stuff. You have to be good at it because that is the new world. I bet before long there's going to be games that you can work into in a virtual reality world like the movie Ready Player One. And you can make an entire living based inside of that game. I, I know it's coming. It has to come because they've had, we just were fucking talking about it right now. So that means that there's somebody out there working on it that, that knows how to do this and can figure out how to use Bitcoin or some other means of currency that could work in your everyday life inside of the game. And that's amazing because when it happens, I'm in. I mean, I would jump in Ready Player One in a heartbeat if I could. I'd make some money in there. I don't know if I'd be a good person, though. So the life of a man. I really think the difference between the life of a woman and a man may, may have some sense of uh, nature. Okay, so it goes into a bit of what we're interested in by nature, tendencies, uh, men going into fields like engineering and architecture, women going into fields like um, social services and nursing. And we're talking gross numbers. Don't don't call me up and hit me. My my cousin, well, she's an engineer. I know women are engineers and men are nurses, uh, but I'm talking about the overture of male female interest. And I I see that with. I see that with children. Well, sometimes there's a little girl that's interested in trucks, but mostly they're interested in dolls. And mostly boys are interested in trucks. Sometimes they're interested in dolls, but mostly they're interested in trucks. So that's the nature that I'm talking about. So we spoke last, last week about since it's all built, we don't have to go out and chop down trees and put up a cabin. What we are really looking at is ceremony. What I'm going to call grounding. And this grounding is possibly organized and scheduled into into your life. And we're going to have that on one of these podcasts here. I'm going to talk about scheduling your life. And so that could be scheduling yourself on a week by week basis. Um, uh, that could be scheduling yourself on a day by day basis. But oftentimes what I find is people just let something get out of control. Everybody's different. Some people let uh, finances get out of control, taxes get out of control, um, personal health get out of control. It, none of it's good. And maybe working together, we can figure out some good ways of getting people uh, to have workable plans to pull it all together so we could get a good life schedule for each individual built up so they can keep a balance on their goals in life. If you're, hey, I'm strong in this one and I was lucky because I was born with it and it really isn't something that I had to work on, but being healthy and maintaining muscle mass and Liking what I see in the mirror is, is a high priority to me. But if it's not a high priority to you, there's a problem because the machine's going to break. I don't care about your interest. If the machine breaks, 
You in your car, you can go and you can constantly be replacing that chip and keeping the chip inside of the car that runs the systems completely stock all the time. And I just completely keep that chip stock and I put shit gasoline in it and, I, and then I just put shit oil in it and I don't change the brakes, you know, I don't, I don't maintenance the car, I just change the chip and that's, that's the equivalent to what people often do. Or I just use the car to, to run and get groceries and I just use the car to go four by four and whatever your... Whatever your life is, try to apply this. If you don't maintenance the vehicle, it's going to break down. No, we can agree with that. You don't want to be walking around in a real piece of crap body. So health and fitness has got to be up to the top. If you're finding a way to justify not being healthy, shame on you. That is the most ridiculous life plan I can think of off the top of my head is to avoid being healthy. And then the only thing that would make it worse is if you were to avoid being healthy and do shit to make it not work well, like drugs. To make a decision to become addicted, like if you, have, if you pick up a heroin pipe, you know that there's going to be an issue with this in the long run. You know it, but the immediate gratification is worth too much to worry about the long-term damage. And there lies the problem, the immediate gratification. I immediately am just reacting to individual processes throughout my day in an effort to have a feeling of success for the day or that I didn't make things as bad as I could have been. These aren't good strategies. Using an emotion and drug addiction is, to me, very similar to an emotion because you're looking for that emotional or that chemical fix. So behavioralism can be the same way. Porn addiction is the same way. You're looking for this fix, this chemical fix. And I want to get away from that. I want to get us away from that as men to get away from some of the issues that technology brings us. So living the life of a man may mean ceremonially having time with other men to do things that are not related to trying to pick up a woman or um, swaddle a baby to do things that are more involved with swinging an axe, running a chainsaw, lifting logs, building a cabin, uh, maybe getting together for Homes for Humanity and uh, helping construct things there. So I'm looking for that utilitarian need that men have. This is a good start about today. This is today's kind of ideal topic for the Viking Valhalla Project. How to become utilitarian, how to find a niche in what we're doing. So, what creates. I'm doing a lot of things right now. I'm answering business texts, talking on my, uh, on my, uh, on my show. Hey, and you know what, by the way, this show is going to be aired live shortly as I film it or as I record it um, I'm going to put it onto a YouTube live and a Facebook live stream 
this is going to be this is going to be pretty cool. Hoping to make a lot of a lot of forward uh, ground on on these projects as we move closer to hosting our Viking alting. Now I'm going to take a moment just talk to you about Viking Valhalla Woodworks and some of the stuff that the Viking Valhalla Woodwork man, me, does at vivwoodworks.com specializing in home restoration cabinetry built-in vanities book-in built-in bookshelves bookcasing woodworking custom furniture things of that nature if you if you're looking for spiritual work in your home something that is an heirloom something that will last forever made of real wood from america viking of Valhalla woodworks may be the place for you Viking Valhalla currently specializes in cabinetry and built-in and custom furniture, that we just spoke about, but is moving into the world of boat making. I'm excited. I'm excited to be part of this process and to launch this, this process of building boats. And like I had said before, the first couple of boats are probably going to be internal decoration, interior decoration boats. They're, they're going to be awesome. I love boats inside that fit a home. I think they bring a tremendous amount of value to motivating people to get outside and to live an amazing life on this incredible planet that we're so lucky to be born onto. So again, that's Viking of Valhalla Woodworks, vivwoodworks.com. Hope to hear from you. So I'm going to get on to the next topic of male friendships and how that rolls into living as a man. Um, and even what that means for you if you're listening for a man that you're married to or dating. And uh, how do we meet him? I, I'm, finding, I'm finding a sense that a lot of men are very lonely. And, and I can relate to this. There's Holding a friendship is energetically exhausting to me. Not having a friendship is emotionally depleting to me. And the way it works for me is I don't have a terrible amount of friends outside of my business. If that makes sense. And if you don't have a business, then you probably don't, uh, you may struggle with having a terrible amount of friends. There are those people that have a lot of friends and and, uh, they just have tons of energy for friendship. I am impressed by them, the extrovert personality. Myself, I'm a controlled introvert. So male friendships to me, the way I kind of see them, they're mostly tribal. And you fit into this group of guys. I had an ex-girlfriend once. She said that her, her husband used to get together with a bunch of guys in Arvada. And they called themselves something like the West Side Boys. And they would get together and rap in their friend's basement. Okay, so that, that's not on my radar. I don't, 
it's it's a comical story to me, and I appreciate her telling it to me and them having their own stage names that they demanded to be called. It's like a Will Ferrell skit. But that's that's pretty tribal because there's not a lot of people interested in that, right? I know people my age are like, are you interested? You love wine tasting? We love wine tasting. Do you want to come over and taste wine? And uh, no, I'm not not into wine tasting. I'm not into tasting anything. I I almost hate the word taste. I, it's one of the most agitating things a waiter or waitress can come up and ask me at a restaurant. How's everything tasting? And I'm always like, good. Why did you drop it? And it's. I I wish that almost in a waiter or a food setting they would say. How is everything? How is the nutrition? <laughs> so I can answer honestly. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a little bit weird about that stuff, which creates a very particular tribe of people that I have to be around. And inside of that tribe, carry this identity in this friendship of this role playing. Not everybody can be the apex person, not in every situation. That might, in my mind, it rolls around like a special forces team. Some guys are better at finances. Some guys are better at building boat motors. Some guys are better at guns. And, and so as the topic of engagement changes, the authority should change with it. And then we have to ask ourselves, if you're inside of a friendship, a group of friends, and it is simply a tribe, and you have an identity inside of this friendship, what is your identity? And this takes us back to where are we with what a man is in current times, what is your identity? Is it a valuable identity? Do you have a playful identity? What does this identity do for the long term for you and for everybody involved? I personally believe as we age, identity changes. And what comes to mind is some American Indian tribes change the names of individuals as they age because their name no longer associates with whom they were born or whom they once were. Think of it like this. You're in the Blink-182, and as a seven-year-old, your dad lets you get Blink-182's faces tattooed across your back. Or a girl's interested in Barbie at seven, so they get a full back tattoo of Barbie. In a Barbie car. And then you grow up and be 35, this tattoo has nothing to do with you anymore. And it's, things can happen too soon on the identity thing. My, as far as tattoos go, my dad asked me to not get a tattoo until I was 38, and I didn't. And the tattoos that I do have are the Knights Templars cross and a family crest of the Scott clan. Two things that I'm identified with historically and related-wise and, and emotionally. So they make sense. So that identity, as it changes, I feel like sometimes we try to hold on to this identity that we had in the past, and we're not that person anymore. And it creates a tremendous amount of turmoil. Because you see, in ancient times, when we were evolving, perhaps you were the fastest deer chaser. You were born 5,000 years ago, and you tackled deer 
Well, if you managed to live to be 38, you probably didn't tackle deer anymore. You probably had to develop a different set of skills from the ages of 17 to 38 in order to survive and be valuable to the community or the tribe that you worked in or lived in. So that being said, are we doing that today? What are we taking the identity as? And I see some, I see some mental illness developing inside of some of these, and I don't even look in, uh, at all these groups as tribal, like some martial arts groups are, they're a cult, really. And you do exactly, and you think exactly what we tell you to think, or we ostracize you, right? If you're not one of us, then you know nothing. And you have to be amazed by me because I go to a martial arts class at night. It, it's stupid at best. I'm not talking about a cultic type of personality. I, I don't even know if sure. cultic is even a word. There's nobody here to ask. So I'm not talking about a cult-like mentality. I'm talking about developing a tribal mentality, a functioning tribe. What is your tribal goal? What is your, what is your Viking tribe's goal? Is it to expand land? Well, you know what? It was expensive to expand uh, your, your lands back in the day of the Viking as well. I don't know how many people they lost on a raid, but I'm assuming quite a few sons and fathers were lost in this process. That's expensive to gain land or to keep land if you were the Irish or the English or, or the Scots. So even if you had it, it was expensive. So what I'm suggesting is in the development of this tribal mentality that we all say in our tribe, we're trying to, for example, the one that I'm trying to build here, we try to develop legal land accusation. Um, accusation. What is the word for acquiring land? We want to acquire a land legally. Accusation. We want to be stronger, healthier, wiser than most. This is what it takes to create this balance, and this to us is what a balance looks like. And so you can identify and nail all those things. And so these are all identity changes because whatever you came up with might not work. Where I developed this concept was in my last big company, O'Sullivan Moving and Storage and SBP Global Transport. And I looked out in different quarters of the year and all my crew was black guys. Then I look out again months later and they're all Mexican guys. I look out again sometime later they're all white guys and I and it took me a couple of years before I actually realized that was happening and I was like huh I wonder what's going on what was happening is as somebody would quit somebody else had a friend that needed a job and they tend to look like them so they bring in somebody that looks like them and next thing you know they're all that one thing so here's what I had problem with with identity inside the company People were bringing in their personal racial identity culture, whatever that is. 
They're bringing in their personal family culture, whatever that is. And then their personal adult developmental culture, whatever that is. And then they were trying to all operate within these different boundaries and identities. It was creating problems. And so I had to step in and say, whoa, we're done, man. We have one culture in here. It's my culture since I'm the one constant. I'm the one guy that's always here. So it's going to be my way or the highway. And we started operating a lot better once I came up with, like, here's, here's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And so I, I narrowed us down to a singular singular culture and inside of that culture uh, things started operating better because we all agreed on what the objective was and the company's goals had to be met and the individual's goals had to be met and identifying those is something that Napoleon Hill did in one of his earlier projects back in World War II if you guys want to google Napoleon Hill he had a project in World War II in a Caterpillar factory trying to get everybody on the same track and create a culture inside of this Caterpillar company because they were falling behind so bad for the war efforts supplying bulldozers for the United States Naval Seabees. He was able to put this back together. It's an interesting story. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get into it too much, but maybe I can write a blog on it, kind of summarize it a bit and get it out there so you guys can see how he did that. So, what is it when we're talking about the identity and the change of the identity? So the Indians changed their name, changed their names to make themselves relevant to their new identity. The brain had changed, right? It's kind of a plastic. It, it literally physically changed the shape, from what I understand. And it's it causes a, a difference in interaction. Like if you're, if you're a 45-year-old guy and you're interested in partying, there needs to be some changes. It's, um, you, you can't be out damaging your body like that for long. It, it quit. So you have to alter that identity. If, uh, if there's something in your character that is way off scale, way off weight, and it's damaging your life, you may take friends inside the tribe to say, hey, you know what I think might help you is maybe paying attention to this part of your life and seeing, seeing if we can correct some of, the, some of the performance issues that you're having based upon altering that, that portion of your life. So inside of the Viking alting idea, your names would change. These these would be almost like ranks, personal ranks. So personal identification marks, as it were. And I think this modification of personality and skill level is so important that I really think that it's something that needs to be passed on to children, to our children, as modern Viking men, because guess who's coming? AI, robots. Isn't that great? I just took this thing from pre-medieval times to artificial intelligence and freaking robots. 
sharks with laser beams on their head. So AI is coming. I love the topic. We have predecessors that we are making. If you have children right now, probably not a problem. But jobs are going to start getting replaced. I think that's going to be stage one is jobs are going to get replaced. Hey, we want $15 an hour to work at McDonald's as an entry-level job as a high school kid. Sweet. We'll put in the machines that do the ordering for us. Job's gone. I have a feeling it's going to be gone before you know it. When I was in Holland recently with... uh, Amy Walker for her competitions that she just did placing number two and number three in two different uh, countries in Europe in, in Sportsemble McDonald's which by the way the food in Holland the McDonald's food doesn't make you sick it's very much different you ordered on machines you ordered on machines. And the people gave you the food, but I have a feeling it's coming once the Japanese concepts of those vending machines that cook meals for you pretty well. I haven't seen any of these, but I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm, off, I'm thinking about getting involved in them. So whatever it is that you might think is a good job today, I have a feeling AI within our children's, if you're, if you're in your mid to late 40s, our children are going to be facing competition from artificial intelligence that's going to be very difficult to compete with. The computer itself has eradicated thousands of jobs. The computer can compute at a processing rate that humans can't even dream of. We're talking AI that can do thousands of years of human processing in a day's time. That's brutal. Especially if you're not super smart. That's, that's going to be hard. So that identity needs to change what this Viking is. Let's catch it on the front. Let's, let's ride the wave of this as a Viking community and not be left in the wake of this thing. It's not over, man. If you're, if you're over 40, it's not over. You're in the final stage of youth. Final stage of youth. What are you going to do with your final stage of youth? Change your identity. Change your personal name inside of your head. You're no longer Mike the Defeated. Maybe you're Mike the Conqueror now. Name yourself something that empowers you. Step up to the plate. Get excited to wake up in the fucking morning and go do the stuff that you want and need to do to make life worth living and to teach our children to move ahead of the wave and surf instead of being behind the wave and getting eaten by sharks. So AI may seem like a reach. I don't think it was a reach. I think it was an awesome input to this story and I love it and I'm going to continue to add in crazy things like that but I don't think I'm I don't think I'm off uh, off base very far I think we're going to have robots 
wandering around within the next 50 years that are going to be doing some pretty cool stuff. And it's going to be an exciting time at first, but I don't know if the Terminator is too far off of that. I, um, I feel like it almost has to happen. We're, we're creating a, uh, we're creating a, uh, we're creating our predecessors, man. That's, that's period. So once they get uh, once they get to the point where they can make themselves, that's when shit's gonna get real interesting, I believe. And then you're gonna have to do that whole thing because you're stronger and you're a man. You got to figure out how to fight these things, and we're all gonna go to war like in Terminator. Then we won't be confused on the meaning of life. <laughs> Not true. At this point, I'm gonna put a shout out to Rick Dowdy with Twisted Fibers Embroidery, located here in Colorado. You can contact him at rsdowdy at hotmail.com. And that's Twisted Fibers Embroidery. They do all the work for my gym at Fusebox Sambo 1 in Westminster, Colorado. That website is www.fusebox.com. <clears throat> Twisted Fibers... Um, Rick also owns a company called Fuse Photography. The guy's been a friend of mine forever. I'm friends with his daughter. She just had an awesome little baby. Looks like Dora the Explorer. <clears throat> and uh, Rick has had an interesting past. I called him the Mule, which is a compliment. That's, that's a nickname. That's a name change inside of the tribe. Because the Mule doesn't stop, man. This guy... Um, He's not a young cat anymore, a little bit older than me, but Rick's tough. And uh, Rick's a very kind person, but Rick's tough. Like if, if you had to fight him, you'd be surprised on what he's capable of doing. <clears throat> not a lot of quitting that guy. So he starts this company, Twisted Fibers Embroidery, and started producing some work. So I'm going to post up what he had just produced with the Viking Valhalla Project shirts. And the Viking Valhalla Project shirts came out really awesome. So I had my logo made by a man named Eric Clays. That's a friend of mine. And he had just started a company on his own also. And honestly, I'm being a bad friend by not knowing the name of that company. And I promise I'll get that plugged here in the next episode, perhaps, if I can get a hold of him. He, uh, he's like, uh, Eric Clays is like texting a hot chick. He may not may not contact me back. So Rick Dowdy took uh, the emblem or the logo that Eric Clay's made for me for the Viking Valhalla Woodworks Company, which is now shared by the Viking Valhalla Project. All things man-related and becoming a Viking in a modern era. And printed it on a shirt and just sent me a picture. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, definitely gonna have to buy these, man. They look great, but that's some good business right there. That's being ahead of the, ahead of the wave. That's surfing. I like seeing that kind of stuff. That business development, learning how to sell, move your business forward, always accomplishing goals, creating forward momentum. That's as Viking as it gets. So for today, I think we covered everything that I wanted to cover, and all things man related in the identity of an individual, in formulation of that identity. And we're going to speak in depth as we move forward 
And uh, I'm going to put out a personal kind of predictive goal as I get more as I get more followers and listeners. And, and do me a favor and share these podcasts, man. Help me get it out. I can't do it by myself. I need a community of Viking-minded people to help me get this out. I would like to get Jordan Peterson onto this thing, onto this show, and help us really weed through the concepts of identity. That guy is absolutely amazing, uh, a professor at the University of Ontario, Ontario in Canada, and has done some crazy cool stuff. And so maybe I can get up there and uh, talk to him at some point, listen to one of his lectures in Canada, visit that friend of mine, Trisha Dong, who is a Canadian. I don't know what she does now. She runs kettlebell classes. Uh, she teaches some fitness stuff. And I should probably check in with her and kind of find out what she does. She's, she's been a very helpful friend over the years. We used to run knife fighting tournaments together. And boom, that's exciting. And that'll bring you some humility knife fighting classes and tournaments it uh really grounds you and it's it's a lot more challenging than you would think it is and maybe i can post some videos of that stuff onto the uh, viking valhalla project facebook and instagram that will be showing up here shortly but we're only on episode two so we need to get some we need to get some following so i'll try to get those things up before I post the third one, so they'll all go onto that and won't just be stuck on my personal page. Hey, now, we're at that place. I'm looking for topic that you guys are interested in, in speaking about because that's going to dictate who I bring on in the future, and I need some time to get this rounded up. If you have something you want to go over and you want to get an expert invited into this conversation, shoot me the information. I'm interested. Let's talk about it. Let's get this stuff out in the open. So, awesome. I think we're done for the day. We talked about everything from living life a long time ago where we evolved from to the problem of facing artificial intelligence and robots that are coming for us all here pretty soon. But in the interim, let's kick ass in business and keep moving forward with our families and our tribe and formulating identities that are successful in the current world that we live in. And then we're going to get you guys ready to go with the next Viking ulting that's going to be happening hopefully this summer. And we're going to get people out. We're going to be in teepees. We're going to put up some cabins. This is going to be some crazy cool stuff. Uh, different levels of members into the Viking ulting are going to have different experiences. Trust me. And if I can ever get this together and get enough people behind me, the Viking party is going to happen three days on private land byob or anything else i don't care no weapons no hurting women and no cowardism the three rules of the viking party that will last for three days on private property concert venues the valhalla tent the the valhalla tent this is part two, by the way. I had to, the way this podcast currently works, it can only go for an hour and I have to change up. So this is going to be a real short segment here. The Viking Valhalla party is going to be madness. And I want it to be madness because I want people to break away from the norm, everyday activity, interaction that they have to encounter in their life. I want to get away from that 
Janet Jackson's boob fell out of her shirt during a Super Bowl halftime party, and all the boys in America are traumatized bullshit mentality thing that you have to keep in corporate America, that you have to think these incredibly nonsensical things to fit in. The Viking Party, if you come there with that kind of mentality, you are not going to enjoy this place. This place is going to be fun. Viking altings are going to be very constructive. Those are young kid friendly. You bring your kids to some of those. Some are not. Some are about growth for adult men to think and really come back to the world changed and improved. So I'm going to wrap up the show here. Guys, I appreciate you. I appreciate you a lot for listening. We had quite a few people listen on the last podcast. I was impressed for a singular podcast. Do me a favor. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm asking you guys a favor. Can you throw out this podcast to the world, to some people, share it, have them take a listen, man. See if people are interested in this movement. And we're going to fire this machine up. And we're going to move this machine forward. We're going to do these. We're going to do these Viking ultings. We're going to do these projects. We're going to have online access. And we're going to make sure that everybody's included in this Viking tribe. And you know what? Maybe in the long term, we can build a Viking ship and put that thing on the water. That would be amazing. Look at me. I'm I'm dreaming like a child. I love it. So, if you guys are interested, share it. Please. Can't do it alone. Takes a community, man. Takes a village. So, Michael Sullivan. I'm signing out with the VIV, the Viking and Valhalla Project. We're located out in Denver, Colorado right now. Hopefully coming to a town near you, hosting a Viking alting or a knife fighting competition. Maybe even a samba match. I don't know. But we're going to do stuff. Maybe that's what a shirt's to say. The VIV project. Doing stuff. that work. Maybe simpler is better. Guys, chime in. Hit me up with some information. Contact my, my social media, Michael Sullivan. I own a gym called Fusebox, Samba One. It's in Westminster, Colorado. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm one of the few guys that looks kind of like a Viking or a prospector. I don't know. Hey, thanks for your time. We'll see you cats later. Everybody, try not to behave. Out.